Listen, I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it authentic. You can transform your life with holistic approaches to wellness. You can rejuvenate your mind, your body, and your soul through this personalized nutrition and organic product that I offer. You'll feel vibrant and energized while living a lifestyle that nourishes you from the inside out. You can truly discover the power of optimal nutrition. I help people eat, move, and feel better. And that's all that matters. Healthy mind, healthy heart, healthy soul. Hit me up. Let's get on a call. Let's talk. I'd love to help. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Ascension Show. So glad that you're here. Hope you're having a great day so far. I am having a great day. Um, Today I'm going to be reading from a book called Reality Transurfing. This book is a different perspective on how you can look at life. It gives you different ways of thinking, a new perspective on how the world works. And it's quite a textbook. I'm only 400 out of 800 pages through, but I've done the hard work for you. And I've got the most important excerpts here. And I'm going to read this to you. And you should, uh, or you can play this while you're in the car, while you're cleaning, while you're cooking. If you're just trying to sit in silence. This is a great book for just trying to open your mind to think more abundantly and think better thoughts. Okay? Before we do start, I would like to... Just take a couple deep breaths just to clear our minds and get at a good starting point. Just take a few seconds now to take some breaths. And I hope that you've returned to center and that you're a little bit more calm now. So let's go ahead and get started, all right. And if anyone wants page numbers, I've got a bunch. So if you want a page reference for what I've got, let me know. All right, let's get it going. Reality manifests itself in an infinite variety of forms. Every being has consciousness, which makes up its own world, which one could say that everything in this world carries a particle of God, and this is how he governs the whole world. The alternative space contains an infinite number of possible lifelines for every individual. No one should feel hard done by if they do not like their fate, because everyone has the right to choose. The problem is that we do not know how to choose. The world has such diversity of form no one, one would think it was created to satisfy any need. Everyone can find whatever their heart desires. Even in the academic world, life manifests the side of it we wish to see. For example, idealism holds that the world is an illusion, and life agrees. Materialism says the opposite, and again the world has nothing against that. People argue with each other, trying to force others to accept their relationship to the world, and yet the world shows that they are all right. Is that not wonderful? 
The alternative space is the so-called illusion, and material realization is what is meant by physical reality. We always get what we choose. The infinity of worlds within worlds exists simultaneously. The center of the universe is at the same time to be found in every point of matter because every point is surrounded by infinity on all sides. All events exist concurrently for the same reason that the center of the universe is located in every point at the same time. Beware of pendulums. Pendulum feeds on the energy of its adherents, with, which increases the power of its sway. A pendulum strives to attract as many followers as possible, to source as many, much energy as possible. A pendulum makes a contradistinction between its group of adherents and all other groups. We are good and they are bad. We are better than they are, etc. A pendulum acts aggressively towards anyone who refuses to follow it, attempting to win them over, neutralize their position, or get rid of them. A pendulum hides behind masks and lofty ideas. It plays on people's feelings to justify its action and attract as many adherents as possible. Essentially, the pendulum is an egregore, and yet the concept of egregore does not fully reflect the entire range of possible interactions between an individual and an energy-based information structure. Pendulums play a much greater role in people's lives than one might like to think. And I wanted to find the definition of egregore here because I thought it was rather interesting. Egregore is an esoteric concept representing a non-physical entity that arises from the collective thoughts of a distinct group of people. It is sometimes seen as having an independent existence, but sometimes it is merely the collective mind of a religious community, either esoteric or exoteric. In this sense of a collective mind, the term collective entity is synonymous with egregore. In the Book of Enoch, the term had referred to angelic beings known as watchers, and it was also used by associated traditions to refer to the specific rituals and practices associated with these entities. Some other literary and religious works have also made references to these angelic beings. Source, Wikipedia. I will read that again. Essentially, the pendulum is an egregore, and yet the concept of egregore does not fully reflect the entire range of possible interactions between an individual and an energy-based information structure. Pendulums play a much greater role in people's lives than one might like to think. There is one identifying factor by which a destructive pendulum can always be recognized. It always competes with others similar to it in the battle for its adherence. The adherent enters the pendulum's information field, socializes with the like-minded others on important topics, and establishes an energetic connection with them, and in this way becomes consistently attuned to a certain vibration. Here is an example. Imagine a group of old ladies sitting on a bench criticizing the government. They are obviously not adherents of the government pendulum. They hate it for a number of reasons. 
However, what happens is that the old ladies criticize the government for being so inept, corrupt, cynical, and stupid. And in doing so, they emit intense thought energy at the frequency of the pendulum. It does not matter to the pendulum which side you rock it from. It can use both positive and negative energy, just as long as the energy is resonant with its own. The pendulum's main task is to engage people in any way possible in order to occupy their thoughts. With the advent of mass media, the pendulum's techniques have become more sophisticated, and a person become, can become highly dependent. You have probably noticed that news programs are usually dominated by bad news, evoking strong emotions, anxiety, fear, resentment, anger, and hatred. The task of the journalists and correspondents is to at attract attention. The media, being pendulums themselves, stand in service to yet more powerful pendulums. Their declared aim is free access to all information, but their true, singular goal is to attune people's thoughts in all ways possible to the desired frequency. The main thing is not fight it, judge it, get angry, or lose your self-control, because by doing so, you agree to play the game. The pendulum should be calmly taken for granted as a necessary evil and left at that. To decline something, you have to first accept its existence. It means simply to recognize its right to existence and then pass it by indifferently. It does not matter whether you love or hate. If your thoughts are latched onto the object of your emotions, your thought energy will be attuned to a certain frequency and you will end up caught by a pendulum and a transferred to a corresponding lifeline where the object of your fixation is present in abundance. If you want to eradicate something from your life, all you have to do is stop thinking about it, pass it by with indifference, and, let, and it will disappear. To eliminate something from your life, ignore it. Do not avoid it. There is a difference. When you avoid something, it means you have let it into your personal space, but are now actively trying to get rid of it. To ignore something means not to react to it and consequently not to experience its presence in your space. Imagine that you are a radio. If your day-to-day -day life is waking up every day and listening to a radio program that you hate, all you have to do is tune it to a different frequency. A sense of humor and strong imagination can be very helpful if you want to stop a pendulum swing because they can help you transform your irritation into a game. This is how you defeat a pendulum. You will probably have noticed how you respond to a disappointing situation with irritation, displeasure, or other negative emotion. The situation escalates in the same spirit where other things start to go wrong too. This is the pendulum swinging higher and higher. If you react, you end up being the one to push it higher. It is more effective to act in the opposite manner, either not reacting at all or reacting in an abnormal way. For example, if when you find yourself in an unpleasant situation, you respond with false enthusiasm or wacky delight, the pendulum swing will be brought to rest and you will see that the, that the provocation stops with it. Either we said that the habit of reacting negatively to unpleasant circumstances triggers the pendulum's mechanism for capturing thought energy, 
earlier, we said. This habit will fade if you decide to play your own game in which you deliberately substitute negative emotion with positive emotion, confidence for fear, enthusiasm for gloom, indifference for resentment, joy for irritation. Try reacting inappropriately to small nuances. You have nothing to lose. It might seem a silly game to play, but the pendulum will have no chance. The game style only seems silly because pendulums have trained us to exclusively play the games that are of benefit to them. You can experiment with forcing the pendulum to play your game. You will enjoy it and be surprised to discover what a powerful technique it is. The working principle is this. When you radiate thought energy at a different frequency to the pendulum's resonant frequency, you are in dissonance with the pendulum. The dissonance still stills the pendulum's sway in relationship to your personal energy, the result being that the pendulum leaves you in peace. There is another interesting method aimed at gently bringing a pendulum to rest. If someone is getting to you or causing you a problem, try and work out what the person is missing and what they need. It could be health, confidence, or peace of mind. If you think about these are the three things what we all need to be fulfilled. Ask yourself what the person you you are finding so challenging might really need at that moment. There are always simple solutions to complex problems. Unusual or intuitive solutions often present themselves when you free yourself from the pendulum and are able to think in a different way. If you have to solve a challenging problem, remember that you do not have to rely solely on logical reasoning. Your subconscious is directly linked to the information field where the solution to any potential problem already exists. Relax, release any fear or anxiety you may have been experiencing in connection with the issue, confident in the knowledge that the solution already exists. Let go. Quiet the chatter of the mind and contemplate the nature of emptiness. It is very likely that the solution will come to you instantly and it will probably be simple. If this does not work, do not give up returning immediately to the rational thinking process. Try to exercise, try this exercise again. You will probably find that it works the second time. This exercise develops the ability to obtain knowledge intuitively. You just have to make it a habit. To align your will with a negative thought machine means to play the game of a destructive pendulum and radiate energy at its resonant frequency. This is a very detrimental habit. It is entirely in your interests to replace it with the habit of consciously controlling your thoughts. Whenever your mind is unoccupied, when you are traveling, going for a walk, or doing work that does not require the deep concentration, make sure that you program yourself to think positive thoughts. Do not think about what you have been unable to achieve. Think about what you want to achieve, and you will achieve it. First of all, accept the current situation and let go of feelings of dissatisfaction and resentment. If you try, you can find little causes for joy in any situation. Even if you do not like your house, be grateful to it for having taken you in and looked after you. There may be wind and rain outside, but the house takes it all for you, keeping you warm and safe. Surely, the house at least deserves some recognition. If, in this moment, you are thankful for what you have and feel love for all the things that are helping you to survive, you will radiate positive energy. 
then, if you so desire, you can quite realistically expect an improvement in your circumstances. When you finally do move, make a point of thinking everything that surrounded you in your previous home. Even the things you plan to throw away deserve your gratitude. In these moments, you will be you are transmitting positive energy into the environment, which you will return to later. Secondly, start thinking about the house you would like to have. This is a little harder to do than simply being irritated by the things that surround you right now, but the goal is worth it. What is better to re- what what is better? To react to every external irritation like an oyster in a shell or to make a little effort and change your habits. Look through estate agency advertisements with photographs of houses, go window shopping in search of furniture and decorations, and live the thoughts of what you want to have. We always end up getting what the the things in situation which our thoughts are most strongly attached to. Our thoughts always come back to us like a boomerang. You are always on the lifeline that represents the quality of your energetic vibration. Be happy for all that you have in this given moment. Be happy. Being happy by definition is no empty invocation. Sometimes circumstances unfold in such a way that is genuinely difficult to be content, but nonetheless, from a practical point of view, expressing your dissatisfaction is highly disadvantageous. If you want to get the lifelines that inspire you, but you cannot make that shift if your energy field is filled with the vibration, you want to get to the lifelines that inspire you, but you cannot make that shift if your energy field is filled with the vibration of dissatisfaction. Good lifelines differ in that the circumstances you encounter fill your thoughts with happiness and contentment. If a person starts upsetting themselves, beating themselves up, or even worse, punishing themselves, then indestructive dialogue begins between the heart and mind. The heart is self-sufficient and does not deserve to be treated so harshly. All All shortcomings that a person acquires are shortcomings of the mind, not the soul. You could write a whole book on just the connection between the heart and mind. Suffice to say, that conflict between the heart and the mind is greatly undermining. If reason dominates and the soul closes in on itself, life can become chaotic. To avoid having to turn to a psychotherapist further down the road, let yourself go and forgive yourself for your perceived imperfections. Even if you have not yet learned to love yourself, you can at least refrain from fueling the inner battle of self-criticism and accept yourself the way you are. Only then can the heart be the mind's ally, and what a powerful ally it is. Okay, you say, if I let go and leave all my imperfections in peace, how then will I acquire the better qualities I wish to have? I do not want to stop developing. This is not about having to give up the striving to embody whatever qualities you admire. It is about giving up the war with self over your perceived imperfections. When you wage war on yourself with constant criticism, you waste energy by supporting something which is not so much futile as harmful because of the excess potential it creates. When you finally stop battling, energy is freed up that can be channeled into self-development.
However bundle it sounds like every cloud However bundle it sounds, every cloud has a silver lining. If you set yourself the task of looking for the positive in every situation you encounter, you will find that it is not actually that difficult to do. It can even be a game. If you play the game consistently, the old habit will be replaced by the new one, which will be of, which will be of benefit to you personally, but a nightmare for the destructive pendulums. Imagine walking through a mountain valley filled with greenery and flowers. You are thrilled by the incredible landscape. You breathe in the fresh air and aromas, and your soul is filled with happiness and tranquility. This is love. People compare themselves to the world around them as a means of establishing a sense of their own self-worth. However, this type of self-assertion is as illusory as a fly trying to force its way through a plane of, pane of glass when the window next to it is wide open. When a person strives to prove their importance to the world, energy is wasted on supporting excess potential. Working on self-development, on the other hand, creates real virtues. No energy is wasted and no harmful excess potential is created. The energy of pure intention is all that is required for you to transfer to a lifeline where the object of desire becomes a part of your reality. It is particularly dangerous to give in to an anxiety that your income is gradually decreasing. Fear represents the most energetically intense emotion a human being can experience. And so when a person fears losing money or not earning enough money, they actively they activate the most affected method there is for shifting to lifelines where they really do have less and less money. Freeing oneself from the money trap is difficult, but it can be done. First, the first first the cause of first the cause of excess potential has to be eliminated which will either be strong dependency on money or a very intense desire to have money. In actual fact, anyone can become rich if they serve their own goals. For an example... If your dream is to travel around the world, well, then obviously this requires a lot of money. To fulfill your dream, do not think about the money. Keep your thoughts on the original goal. The money will come to you because it is an accompanying attribute to the goal. It is very simple. It sounds unlikely, I know, but this is really how things work, and soon you will realize this for yourself. In pursuing their own end, pendulums have turned everything upside down. It is not that the goal is achieved with the help of the money, but rather the money that follows on as you create the path to your goal. Neither should you worry about spending money because this is a necessity for fulfilling your mission. If you have made the decision to spend money on something, have no regrets. When you try and save up a handsome sum and spend as little as possible, you create strong excess potential because energy has been built up in one place. In this case, it is highly likely that you could lose everything. Money should be spent wisely. 
to keep a flow going as potential appears where then there is no flow of energy. Wealthy people support charities with good reason as it reduces the excess potential of their accumulated wealth. People tend to have a very clear view of the obstacles in their way, but a very dim view of the foundation the obstacles are constructed on. Do not try to overcome obstacles. Reduce their level of importance. When trying to solve a problem, follow one golden rule. Before you even start considering where the solution might lie, first, reduce the level of importance you associate with the problem. That way, balanced forces will not get in the way and the problem can be solved quickly and easy. If from the very beginning of the game you have attuned yourself to the frequency of a destructive pendulum, your bond with it will become stronger, regardless whether your participation is conscious. If you are not against the idea of getting getting sick, or if you feel that you are for some reason bound to come down with something, you have become an active adherent. On the other hand, you decide that you cannot afford to be ill and keep telling yourself how totally healthy you are, but that does not work. Just thinking about the illness means that you are attuning your energy to its frequency. How exactly do you think about, or how exactly you think about it, positively or negatively, is of no matter. Your efforts to convince yourself from the very beginning that you will not get ill enforce your acceptance of the likelihood that you will become ill, and because of this, no amount of self-indoctrination will keep you healthy. Transurfing does not entirely fit into the framework of common sense. On the other hand, it does enable you to achieve things that would otherwise appear impossible. The more you love to hate something, the more likely you are to have an experience of it in your life. If you are not prepared to take action to acquire what you want, you will not get it. A poor person usually does not take action because of their own conviction that the fulfillment of their desire is not realistic. It is a vicious cycle. Desire of itself has no power. Desire fails to even lift a finger. Intention, i.e., the readiness to act is the force that lifts the finger. With intention, a person could simply say, You can't take this away from me. It's simple. I just want to be rich. Until a person lets the attributes of wealth into their comfort zone, and until they learn how it feels to be the owner of expensive things, they will remain poor, even if they find a buried treasure. Another obstacle on the path to wealth is envy. To envy someone means to be annoyed by someone else's success. There is nothing constructive about envy at all. In fact, it has a very strong destructive element. A person's psyche works in such a way that if the envy if they envy something that another has they that they try to devalue it in every way possible. This is the logic of being green with envy. I envy what he has. I don't have it and probably never will have. He is no better than I am. That thing he has can't be that good then. Perhaps I don't even need it at all. 
The desire to possess something is transformed into a psychological defense, which then develops into rejection. The aspect of rejection takes place on a subtle level because of the subconscious mind, which takes everything literally. Your conscious mind only plays at devaluing the object of envy to comfort the person for not having it. But the subconscious mind takes it all seriously and bends over backwards to make sure that the person does not receive what has been so adherently devalued. The fact remains that information originating in the alternative space is somehow available to us in the form of hunches, visions, insights, and signs. And as far as we are able, we must attempt to understand its meaning. Here are some insights on the power, powers of your heart or your soul. And this will be the last excerpt. If the mind was capable of understanding everything the heart wished to share with it, humanity would have already gained full access to the information field. One can only imagine the heights human civilization would have reached as a result. The mind, however, is not very good at listening to the heart and does not want to. Its attention is either taken up with things relating to the outside world or is with its own inner bag of contemplation and anxiety. The mind is busy controlling un unceasing internal monologue and is by comparison highly inattentive to the faint signals of the heart. The mind authoritatively insists on doing things its own way. When reason thinks, it draws on categories which, is, which it uses to mark the qualities of visible objects and materialize sectors of the information field. In other words, it thinks with the help of established designations, symbols, words, concepts, diagrams, rules, etc. The mind unscrambles all the information it receives using appropriate designations. The heart does not work in terms of categories. It does not think or speak. It feels and knows. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. It means a lot if you took the time to listen and if you got this far. And uh, I hope you guys are going to be in tune for the next one because it's just going to keep getting better. Um, I am really loving this book, and if I get to the point where my bookmark is here... 424 pages in out of 700, what is it, 779, 759, yeah, yeah, maybe I'll have some encouragement to finish the book, but thank you so much for listening, I hope you have a great rest of your day, I hope this changed your perspective even just a little bit, even if you got one thing out of it, it was worth your time, thank you so much for coming, peace everyone.